0: have liftoff. Welcome, friends, to the best Monday Kings of Anglia podcast of the season so far, following the best result of the season so far for Ipswich Town. And we're better to break all that down than the best, one of the best EFL podcast, who's not won the title yet. Um, not, not our words, it's fact. I'm your host, Mark Heath, and with me, three giants of the podcast and Ipswich Town coverage game. Andy Warren, Stuart Watson and Ross Halls. And I'm going to start first of all with Stewie because we missed you last Thursday, Stu. You are off being a doctor somewhere, working shifts in a local hospital. Hope that went well. Um, how are you?
1: Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Um, can I just say, gents, that the Ross joining you live for his results last weekend was was a moment of podcast gold. I very much enjoyed that.
0: Were you on tenterhooks?
1: Uh, I was... Yeah, I really thought it was going to be the day. I really did. I think we'd all convinced ourselves, but um, the saga continues. That's all anyone wanted to talk to us about at the game on Saturday.
0: Rossi, I've got to come to you now. Um, We haven't spoken to you on this forum since last Thursday. We we cut live to you in in one of the most dramatic moments in podcast history. Um, (laughs) Unfortunately, we didn't get the result that we wanted how are you how have you how have you recovered? Have you bounced back? You, you ready to go again?
2: Yeah, as I said on the outro of my my little brief cameo, I said I'm got, I went to Greg's and I got myself him you know a cheeky bacon and cheese slice, which was nice. Um, but yeah, I've recovered, um, and yeah, that was the only thing anyone wanted to talk about on Saturday. Even the secretary, the club secretary Stuart Hayton, even said sorry about your um, about what happened, but um, back about back next time.
0: Have we got have we got the next fixture? Have we got another game to build towards
2: um not yet because every time i look there's just no slots available for like a couple of weeks but sometimes you can sneakily out of nowhere they come available like this week so i'm gonna look out for the next few days and hopefully out of nowhere boom so boom. bring on um uh, quite a few
0: people have contacted me personally actually
2: to say does ross is ross aware
0: you can get an app on your phone where you can you can take tests yes have you got the I- app
2: I do. He was um, good old Mick, who's also um, he came up to me after the game. He's actually a driving instructor. Um, He came up to me and showed like this is the app I use, you know, for my students and stuff. But I, I have got an app, and I am revising, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just terrible at tests, and I'm just yeah, I'm just not very good, am I? So no, you stop that. Stop that negative (laughs) talk. I want positive. A PMA,
0: positive mental attitude. Yeah, the way you talk about yourself is how you think about yourself. So let's have some yeah. positivity, Ross. You're gonna smash the next test. Come on. Because let's do it. you are you are a driving machine. Um, that's the way to approach it, please. Right then, the final wheel on the bus this week or today is the man. We've got a doctor operating on patients. Hopefully, no one will find out, Stewie. Rossi, who's responsible for one of the greatest moments in KO podcast history. And now the Hutchman Hutch Hogan, responsible for only launching
3: a new European competition on the pod last week. How are you? I'm all right. snowed under with admin. Turns out running a running a European football competition brings with it some certain amount of admin. Um, having some issues with some of these teams, if I'm honest, about when the ties are going to be played. Can they switch to a bigger venue? Um, no, is the answer. Play at your home ground.
0: Is that sponsorship tied down? Is it, it definitely Milker Cup? Because I'd imagine the Milker Boys, yeah,
3: in. yeah, yeah. The Milker Boys have, have come in and, um, secured that for two years so that's good. Excellent well if you haven't listened to it go back and listen to last Thursday's pod because it was eventful
0: in many ways something else was eventful in many ways as well as we were expecting and hoping boys and we got the result we wanted as well on Saturday Ipswich Town scored the biggest win of their season so far beating promotion rivals previously unbeaten Portsmouth at Portman Road in front of a bumper crowd what a result let's talk in depth about it now in excited tones Hutchie, I'm going to come to you first. Your thoughts to begin with. What was it like as a dad? Obviously, a lot of people who listen to this pod would have been there. A lot of people from around the world can't, weren't there. They would have seen the highlights. they maybe followed it through various channels. What was it like to actually be there as an occasion? What was it? What was it like?
3: Just a big, a big game of football felt felt meaningful. Um, I wrote something in the build-up about a growing rivalry between the two that probably lacked the on-pitch narrative and mm. and we we've, we've got it now a really a really big win um and just a really good performance in in various ways in front of a in front of a big crowd it was um yeah it was really it was really good kind of a bit of a throwback to kind of what town have been used to being involved in um in previous in previous years and what they aspire to be involved in every single week home mm. and away um mm. going forward and some really good signs coming out of it as well really good how
0: big was this win, Stewie, for Ipswich Town? What, Ipswich Town, in recent times, have got a history of choking, crumbling under pressure. They lose big games or they draw them. That's what they do. They don't win big games. They've just won a big game. How big is it? And can you, can you think of the last time Town won a game of this magnitude?
1: Probably the biggest win since McKenna's first match, the Wickham game don't think there's been anything bigger since then. And then you're going back to, I really don't know. It, it's felt like the biggest win in a long time for a whole manner of reasons, really, mainly the prime one being that I think this helps slay a few mental demons um, as much for the fan base as it does for the for the current squad. I think they, it's kind of unfortunate for McKenna and the current crop that all this talk about, you know, don't win in front of big crowds and, haven't beat the better teams in League One. So much of that narrative predates them, but it's there for the fans. And and as, a, and as we've kept saying in this podcast, it's up to this current crop to kind of um, get rid of that feeling. And that's why this game was so important, because when it went to 2-2, that was such a deflating moment. And you were just thinking, here we go again, you know, Leeds dropped for the third successive game. Another big, you know, the whole tone of this podcast and the mood around the football club would have been completely different had they not gone straight up the other end and scored hmm. within 60 seconds. Um, we're very early in this season, but I just think that this could be a, a real defining moment that we look back on, Ho- hopefully, if they can uh, continue on from, from here.
0: Mm. Let's talk more about the depth, uh, in depth about the game in a minute. Rossi, you were pitch side, a very privileged position? What was it like from your angle?
2: It was it was fantastic. What a game of football! Um, great atmosphere. You know, when 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 town fans get told feel the ground, they do that, don't they? That's what Mark Ashton wanted to see. That's what Kieran McKenna was saying as well. Be the twelfth man, and um, yeah, it was just great to see. You know, you know, people of all ages. Just everyone, you know, community of Itridge Town, which is just fantastic. And yeah, the two teams put a show on as well. And it was a really good game of football. And um, yeah, I'm sure there'll be a lot of fans who will maybe go into the first game for a very long time. will want to come back because they were entertained.
0: Mm. Yeah, we're seeing good games now as well, aren't we? Which is great. Hutchie, kick us off then. Let's start a bit of a round table discussion amongst yourselves about the game. Where do you want to start? What's the, What's the first talking point?
3: I think you have you have to start with the kind of the resilience of of just of just battling battling back from setbacks um again a, a narrative predating Kieran McKenna and this group of players as as Stu has already said but it it wasn't just losing big games or not beating the big rivals it was every on-pitch setback seemed to send the team back to square one didn't it, it in, even within individual games, they weren't battling back from from setbacks in games, and and they did that, they did that, um, well, three times. But in mm. in this one, they they took three leads. Um, I think you have to acknowledge that they also kept Portsmouth at arm's length for for almost all of this game, aside from aside from two penalties. So it was a topsy turvy game. It was an up and down one, um, but. I, Aside from two kind of rash-ish moments, they were re- they were in control of it all. I, th- I thought they did. I thought they played it perfectly. What was the stat I saw? Was it three shots on target?
0: Pompey had and two of those with the with the penalties. Um, so so clearly, overall, having watched the highlights, I wasn't at the game. It seemed like Town was a uh, mostly in the ascendancy. Stewie, keep us going. What else do you want to highlight?
1: Yeah, I, it's three two. It was a. Uh it was an entertaining game. The the Plymouth game was a better game of football in Mm. terms of the quality of, of the game. There were times where the quality levels weren't as high in this, maybe because of the stakes were so high. Um, In the second half, at the start of the second half, I thought it was starting to get a bit bitty, a bit scrappy. Portsmouth were starting to, um, slow things down, which, which was a great irony with, with given how the game finished. Um, and I was just starting to wonder, with a bit of the nerves and frustration, and we were getting towards one of those games that we've seen so many times, where it just gets a bit tense and frustrating, and, and everyone gets a bit edgy. Um, which was which was why I think the Freddie Ladapo goal for me was, you know, such a big moment in the game with the subs coming on and and changing things, but. Um, yeah, Andy talked about resilience, just the fact that it could have been one of those days and it's another reminder of how Ipswich are an improved team and just from just mm. a few months ago. This was another game. You know, We keep saying this is a game Ipswich wouldn't have won last season, but now they can. And that is just, I think, I mean, where, where are we at in terms of points up on respective fixtures from last season? You've got to do a few tweaks for teams that have got sort of promoted and relegated, but for my looking at it 20 points up, pound for pound already i think there's only two games that they haven't improved upon from last season which would have been obviously plymouth away and um maybe barnsley at home if you swap them out for for sheffield wednesday being the team that had finished bottom of the championship so that just shows you we keep talking about sort of baby steps not even baby steps bigger than that toddler steps in the, in the right direction um, that they're just in it's just another sign of you know improving on last season that uh, portsmouth was nil nil this time they found a way to get it done
4: mm.
0: and it's kind of a reversal of trend of recent games isn't it Stu? you mentioned that the, the subs changing the game going back to what was the story earlier in the season hasn't been the case for the last couple of games but big fred comes on the on the pitch scores with his first t- what a finish that was by the way and carl edwards as well so nice to see a return to that story as well
1: you're trying so hard not to give him a nickname aren't you Mark? I yeah. can tell. <laughs> you're all in on on Freddy Ledapo since you uh, since you met him pre-season when you went in to do a bit of stuff yeah. around that third kit aren't you and I know you're biting your tongue. You Come learning. on what,
3: what what's it going to be? I'm you've not got one. Him a nickname. You've... No, I yeah, haven't. but you
1: haven't. Don't give it to him, but
3: there's one in your brain, isn't there? Don't no, give it to him. <laughs> just put it, just put no, it, just put it on the table. I'm not. I'm not remove gonna do the it. cloche. No, no, no. And then no. put it back on again. You're not having it.
0: No, there's been, there's been. Freddie's had enough on his plate already without me cursing him with a nickname. But um, yeah, he's a, he's a lovely guy, and I like to see good guys do well, uh, and especially a bit of an underdog, given the uh, kind of debate around him and discussion around him. So it's nice to see him score three and three, isn't it? Now he's on four for the season. He's only two off chappers overall um, and again he's, he's changed the game hasn't he boys when he's come on he scored with his first touch we saw at Plymouth when he went off the game changed a little bit um, I just I like him is that
3: wrong he's he's still it he, he's still their best number nine isn't he? Yeah. their best their best striker um, I think we've been quite we've been quite consistent about him on here for for mm. several for several weeks now with some ups some ups and some downs and some bumps to overcome along the way but it's been it's not been perfect from Freddie Ladapo. Let's not let's not go overboard, but he's for me, um, is still the I'd, I'd be playing him every week person mm. personally from the from the start of games.
0: How did Big Cat, Andy Warren's nickname, Tyree's John Jules, how did he do in starting in, in that striker role?
1: <clears throat> worked hard. Uh you can't couldn't fault the work ethic, but there was something a little bit missing, I think. I don't really know how to sort of sum up his performance. I've talked about the second half was starting to drift. The first half an hour, Ipswich flew out of the block. They so played some brilliant football in that first half. I, I, My thought when I see those two teams come out, Portsmouth play 4-4-2, I was thinking Ipswich's best chance in this game was to overload the middle. I thought the game plan yeah. would have been for John Jules to play that false nine, to, to drop deep and add another body in midfield. I thought Harness would tuck inside from the left, as he often does, and Ipswich would look to kind of swamp Marlon Pack and Joe Morell in in midfield. And in the end, they actually targeted the flanks. And I think Wes Burns talked about this in his post-match, that um, they wanted to get at Portsmouth wide. And um, Wes Burns, I thought, came back from international duty with the bit between his teeth. We've talked about him not really being quite at his same levels from last season, but he's gone away with Wales, obviously not not played for them. And um, he, in those first 20 minutes, they they got him isolated a few times and and he looked up for it in this game. And and the joy came down the flanks, didn't it?
3: Yeah, he looked... It seems weird, like he he obviously didn't play for Wales, but he, he he definitely looks like he's come back with some some freshness and that like a ten day break from from Ipswich, um, a, a different focus. Um, take your mind off off your club football for ten days. Train with Gareth Bale every day. Get shouted at by Michael Sheen. Um, <laughs> like he it looked he. he this is going to sound really stupid but like even his even his kit looked kind of brighter on him like <laughs> he, he just honestly I, I, I didn't say this out loud in the press box Stu because I thought you'd think I was being a bit simple but he honestly looked like he was just had a bit a bit more of a glow about him just in just in the way he was playing and how he how he looked from from on high and I'm not not going overboard. I don't think he was. At, I, don't, I still don't think he was at his absolute flying best in in this game either. But he 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 just looked that bit more fresh. That a break had done him a little bit of good. His hair was glowing that bit more. It was um, and I I I I'm glad I didn't say it. In, out loud at that point, then, because you're laughing at me now. You didn't. Basically. You didn't well, want
1: me to think you were simple, but you were happy to air <laughs> uh, your views here well, instead. Look, na- now
3: he scored. Now he's now he's scored the uh, the winning goal. I'm happy to, for to make these views public for the the tens of people that listen to this on a He's on a had, week he's week had a glow
0: up. Was Wes Burns then? Was he in the room mm-hmm. when Sheen gave that speech, which has been seen yeah. across the world? Because I've got to be honest, I was really underwhelmed with the reaction to that. Sheen's sheen's given it his best kind of Oscar winning in character, um, blood and thunder, chest thumping, cry for Wales to slay everyone before them. And
3: the reaction is But he's done it on TV already, hasn't he? Like that. That's what it was. not It wasn't. It wasn't in, it was in some corporate hotel somewhere. Just that, that that needs to be more organic than that, I think. Like, right. Michael's coming in to give you a rousing speech. Yeah. I'd struggle. Mm. I'll be honest. Well,
0: you'd struggle anyway, actually. I'm not, no, I, you're not. You're not a man for blood and thunder speeches. I can't imagine you. you you'd get up. But I, I want people up, chest bumping, head biting walls, that kind of thing. Um, that would be my reaction to to seeing Sheen in the. They flesh should take him things. to
3: Qatar. Get him up Take if take him. Take him to the World Cup with them and do it there. That he might get the reaction that he wants.
0: I'm not sure. Sheen Sheen's a man with with principles and morals. I'm not sure I can see him going to Qatar uh, and getting involved in that. That that that's happening out there
3: <laughs> um, being there name the world cup
0: no well
3: yeah anyway I, I... it's all about the milker cup mate anyway don't
0: i can't i can't see that that tournament and where it's happening aligning with with sheen's kind of much reported and, and well-known stance on various things rossi another man with, with with lots of morals and principles um let's talk about marcus harness because I'm, I'm interested in marcus harness he scored six goals this season I should have said earlier, of course, he's tied with Chaplin now. Should be, should be on seven, in fact. Um, but quite often when we talk about him on the pod, there's a chat around kind of risk versus reward. The reward is he's got a, a really nice goal scoring record. The risk is that he gives the ball away a lot. Uh, uh, and I know in your Stu says bit from from Saturday, Stu, you said again he was kind of hit and miss. Um, I'm just interested to hear your thoughts on on Harness as a, as a player so far, because on paper he scored six goals, should be seven, but then. When we chat about him, often we never really talk about him as being a, a standout player.
2: I do like Harness. I think he is—he is clinical when he does get you know in good you know positions. He's not—he's very different to Conor Chaplin because Conor Chaplin is a whipper. He's just here, there, and everywhere. And see, so Marcus is a bit different. And I'm sure. Um, the, the, I love the chant, which was um, from Town fans. I won't say it all, but um, he left you because you're, you know, what? Or I think that's how it went. <laughs> um to the Pompey fans but now I'm sure he was happy you know good goal from Marcus Harness as well um but yeah I think when I spoke to the the Pompey guy when when he first signed you know he's he's a good player for this level um but he can be a bit inconsistent and um he has shown that at sometimes you know I think I'm thinking what game was it was last week weren't it you didn't have a great game did he Marcus Harness um but overall I think he's he's fitting really well um you know scoring the goals. Um, I don't think we're going to get you know a, a consistent you know ninety minutes from him all the time. But I think you know he's he's getting involved scoring the goals. Um, I, I I like him. I like his hair and I like his eyes. We, we like him. <laughs>
0: Hutchy, you're a noted fan of of Harness's eyes. What do you make about making him as a player?
3: Everything we've been saying about him. You talk about risk risk versus reward. They got the reward this week. They didn't last week, and that's. Um, mm. That sums him up i think um missed in a big moment um on an off day for him at plymouth scored in a big game um six days later so that that's marcus harness i think and that's and that's fine i i, I think i'm okay with that
0: what was the chant then he left you because you're really rather underwhelming was that essentially the uh, the the the, uh, the kind of civilized version of it can we have more civilized football chants Going forward, no, can, we, can we clean him no, up a bit? not going to happen, <laughs> is it? It's not going to happen. <laughs> I nah. say, chaps, your footer is really rather rather average. Um, Hutchie, you were talking before the game about Edmondson maybe being a bit average of recent times um, and, and suggesting maybe this was a game that Keogh might come in for. He didn't. As it turned out, Edmondson was bloody good, wasn't
3: he? Yeah, he played really, really, really well. Um, headed everything, both boxes. Played well on the floor as well. Obviously got forward to, to help create... One of the goals. Um and I think both him and Luke Wolfenden had really good games. Obviously the they were both involved in the um in the first penalty incident. Um Edmondson not not dealing with a long ball and then Wolfenden mis, misjudging quite badly the, the second ball from that. But I think both of them played really well. Um Wolfenden recovered from that really nicely I thought had a really solid game and Edmondson his best game for Ipswich probably under Kieran McKenna um at just the right time. So um just just an all-round uh, everybody contributed to this game all of them. Um there's the it, it, all in their own ways. Some of them some of them slightly more headline than others. But um but Ed- Edmondson, um Edmondson and Wolfin I thought were played really well and, and looked after a strike force that brought a little bit of everything in theory in, in Scarlet's mm. movement and pace, Bishop's power and um movement as well. Um, for Bishop and they aside from Bishop scoring two penalties they looked after the both of those really really well and that was a key element of the win
0: and Carl Edwards Stewie made a difference when he came on Um, where, where do you see him fitting in this this side is he just going to be an impact sub do you think
1: uh, not necessarily. We talked about harness and consistency there. Mm. I think it this is, as we've talked a lot about, this is now looking to me very much like a four two three one. It's kind of slowly morphed from the from the three at the back to, to more of the four since Leaf Davis has arrived. Um, and so his most natural slot is where he ended up. We came on for harness um, 20 minutes to go. Harness plays sort of very much tucked in on the left side, Kyle went a bit bit wider and um was able to have that sort of one v one proper winger role against Connor Ogilvie, who was a sort of a left footer playing out of position at right back for Portsmouth and um you know was able to utilise that with his with his run for, for the winner. So um Kieran McKenna afterwards sort of said he's had his most consistent two-week training block that he's had under me. He's one player that we've not seen a lot of since McKenna's arrived, because he had that thigh injury towards the back end last season. The formation didn't really suit him mm. in the early days, but I think now, with with a few players injured, Greg Lee out, um, Sonny Aluko out, the door is ajar for him there, and I think the system suits him a, a little bit more, so if they want to go sort of a bit wider in certain games, that that left-sided role in a 4-2-3-1 might just be uh, available for him and he couldn't have you could feel the sense of goodwill for him couldn't you from the fans during and after the game he's such a such a likeable lad he just seems to be smiling all the time in any any video and pictures that you see of him he's such an exciting player to watch he's the sort of player that you uh that you pay your money for to go and watch isn't he so um I think everyone's really rooting for him that this might be um Carl Edwards time to to shine hopefully. Mm. Well
0: then friends the, the two things I definitely want to talk about match related um but before we go to them is there anything else other match related you want to talk about the two things I want to talk about clearly the the theft the confiscation of the ball by Town fans and the, the time wasting uh, and then obviously the post match stuff with McKenna um fairly extraordinary comments from McKenna post match for a man who's quite low key uh, anything else before we get to those points that you want to you want to bring up boys
1: I think Leaf Davis needs to yep. needs a decent mention in here as well. We talked about him just getting better and better by the game. Um, took quite a hefty knock in in the second half and um, dusted himself down and um, and obviously set up uh, Freddie Ladapo for the second goal. Uh, if you watch him for the for the winner, he's trying to bomb. He's almost keeping pace with Carl, like trying to get around the the outside of Carl Edwards when when he crosses as well. Going forwards, he looks really good from left back. I know people are talking about already making comparisons to Aaron Cresswell. Mm. um, He just looks like he's got such good physical qualities, just um, ultra fit, strong, powerful Um, defensively. There's still a couple of little question marks for me. He's just still learning when to. He gets a bit over-eager, over-zealous to win the ball. As can, can be guilty of giving away a, a soft free kick, an unnecessary free kick from time to time. But he looks like a player with a, a really high ceiling to him. And you can see why Ipswich um, have paid the money they have for him. He was one of the... Him and Owen Dale battling away was fascinating
3: throughout all of that game. And I really I really enjoyed watching Genoi Danasian keep Josh Karoma a championship Standard footballer, almost silent um, throughout much of that game as well. The, the Ipswich, Stu said earlier, Wes Burns was talking about Ipswich wanting to threaten Portsmouth down the flanks. They did a good job of stopping the Portsmouth threat from the flanks as well, all in all. So um, just well handled all round um, and a really good win. Okay. I'm going to come to you then, Rossi, because you were the man closest to the fans.
0: Um, what did you make of the, uh, the little theft of the ball, the, the kind of, Fun and games with it. Um to, to waste time towards the end of the game by town fans.
2: Let's shit out a minute. Let's shit out. Awesome. <laughs> that's what's what it's what all about. Sorry to swear. Sorry I swear. That's what <laughs> that's what the chat was about the Marcus harvesting <laughs> thing. So you left you because you're shitting all that. Um
3: good. No, 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 that's that one cleaned up. <laughs> yeah. up. Yeah, no, yep, yeah. One Thanks, for the Ross. swear yep.
2: jar. One for yep. the swear jar. It's fine. Um I liked it originally. The first time it happened because yeah, you know, way, way, way. But when it happened again and again, it's sort of like we've had this already, lads. You know, mm. and I think I even saw Janoy. Janoy was actually getting frustrated because I think, yeah, you do it once, yeah, a bit of fun. But when you see your own players like, actually getting a bit frustrated because they want to continue to play because it's stopping the the flow well, of yeah, the game it's, a it's
0: getting, bit. and the time's getting added on, isn't it? It's not like yeah,
2: because yeah, that's, that's that's the thing. It's like mm. it's even like substitutions. You know, when players walk slowly, like. The referee will just keep adding time on, so it's, it's pointless. Um, and you know, I know there's one Pompey player, you know, who had a little bit of a little, little tussle with a, a, a fan, didn't they? You, you saw, um, but yes, yeah, it's, it's it's fun once, but if you do it over and over again, it does get a bit mm, really, guys. But you know, it's just part and parcel of football, is You know. I think it added it well.
0: added it added to the occasion the big game yeah. feel you know the kind of the, the maybe the needle between the sides etc. I mean if I was a Pompey player I'd be fuming that would really wind me up.
2: Um would uh, I want to say one more thing as well um, I, I was also seeing Danny Cowley looking up to Mark Ashton and like talking about that and Mark Ashton said like what can I do about it you know you can't do anything can he? because he's up in the director's office yeah. so I saw that was one moment I was looking up and Cowley was like Talking directly to Mark Ashton, he was like, Really? Oh, huh? Huh? Yeah, so wow.
0: Yeah. What did you make of it, boys? I mean, Cowley, to be fair, after the game, kind of said, I'd, I'd rather that be happening at a game where there's 30,000 people than playing a game where there's only 300 people there. We don't see that sort of thing. Do you have any kind of particular feelings either way on it?
3: I don't have hugely strong feelings either way on it, if I'm honest. I, I think it did maybe go on a little bit too long, um, mm. and I think. I'm glad that Portsmouth didn't find an equaliser in the seventh minute of stoppage time. But as things have shaken out, it's going to be something that this game is probably remembered for. Um, mm. Just one of those little markers of, of something that will be add that to the rival- the growing rivalry list. Um, but it, it's kind of it's kind of football, isn't it? It's um, it, it's what happens at football matches sometimes. Yeah, I liked it.
1: I thought about it quite quite a lot, and my gut instinct is, oh, that's not very, it's not very Ipswich, it's not very family club. It's and the more I thought about it, the more I thought, Do you know what, that was a that was a club coming together. We talk about this being a moment in time. That was, I think, everyone realizing that this was this was a moment in time, and that it was just, yeah, chief exec, manager, players, fans knowing that they're on the cusp of something special this season and going, do you know what? We're in this together. We're fighting together. And we're going to come on to McKenna's quotes in a minute, which was, again, just someone staunchly defending his football club. And I just thought, we talked before about the sleepy Suffolk mentality and we go to Hillsborough a few weeks ago and they're chucking things on the pitch. And we don't condone that at all, but that played its part in creating a hostile atmosphere that maybe just... Fine margins means that the linesman doesn't flag for offside at the end. And I know the time got added on. I know it could have come back to bite them on the backside. But I'll tell you what, it rattled those Portsmouth players. And Cowley talked afterwards about we got swept up in the emotion of that. And mm. did that stop them cool heads really pushing for an equaliser at the end? Did they sort of, you know, I, I think it probably did derail their chances of, of trying to go and get, get a late equaliser do I want to see this become something that happens at Portman Road week in, week out? No, because I don't think it would reflect too well on the football club. But you've got to remember, this was this is a fan base that has seen teams come to Portman Road and time waste time and time again. We had it with Cheltenham last season. Portsmouth had done it. If you remember Danny Cowley not giving the ball back on the, on the touchline and stuff like that. So do you know what? Good on them. And I think people were just getting a bit giddy you know that it had been such an emo- emotional roller coaster of the game uh and then you know f- to have got the 3-2 i just think everyone had got swept up in it a little bit and you see one person do it and then everyone else joins in um it just happened organically and um yeah on reflection i'm all for it i, I quite enjoyed it i think to touch the ball in the stands at a football match is a very rare and special treat
3: um do something with it use it um Pop it. either don't pop it that was <laughs> <laughs> um the Kenner was speaking afterwards about like multi-ball and stuff wasn't he about mm. it, it does seem a bit bizarre that in that scenario the whole game is stopped looking up into the stands to see some bloke going way and, and that is stopping the game that is able to stop <laughs> a game of football in in 2022 but um there
0: you are OK, right then. That brings us on, I guess, to the, the real talking point post-match, or indeed from the game as a whole, other than Town finally getting this big win, was was the mild-mannered, very calm, very laid-back, very considered, analytical Kieran McKenna. Um, his post-match comments, boys. Uh, we're going to play them in full in a second. This is basically in response to Cowley pre-game saying everyone thinks that Town are going to go up and essentially saying they're buying the league, pretty much. Um, I think we've got them all lined up, ready
4: to go, have we, Hutchie? Yep,
3: let's press play.
4: So proud of the the three points. Again, we know there's another big one coming Tuesday, but again, proud is my over-island feeling for the players. I think um, the longer that you're here, you get a really good feel for the the culture of the club and the challenge of being at this club. And part of that challenge in this league is that you will have other managers and other teams who want to talk about Ipswich, people who want to talk about Ipswich, um, people want to, you know, big up our football club and downgrade their own players and their own football club for different reasons, and, and some of them reasons is to create the false entitlement that we should be winning games and we should be dominating teams like Portsmouth and we we should be winning this league. And I think everyone within the club now needs to be clever enough, haven't seen that probably for the last few years, to know that that is um, it's a false kindness and it's a it's a kindness to. Trick to trap the football club into feeling that anything other than hard work is going to win us football matches and progress us as a club. Um, I think we have no right to dominate the first half as much as we did today. I think Portsmouth have an outstanding team um, full of championship players. If you want to count the championship appearances and the international caps between the two teams, then you would find an interesting matchup. up um, One of the only players they don't have who's a a championship-experienced player is one of the best young strikers in world football, in my opinion. And Dan in Scarlett, um, I think Danny's done a fantastic job um, recruiting an, an excellent team and a very deep and quality squad. Um, And we've got no right to dominate that first half as much as we did. Um, We dominate it because of how the players work every day and how they apply themselves and how hungry and humble have been in their day-to-day work. And that is the only thing that is going to make us successful as a football club, and it's where we need to remain focused. And as a club, um, players, staff, supporters, everybody, we need to understand that, um, you know, people will want us to think differently. People will want to... um, again, downplay their own club, to justify certain things, to justify styles of play, to justify approaches to games, to try and put themselves in position to get points from us. And we need to be above that. We need to be very, very clever, very, very hungry and humble as a football club to do as we did today, to stick together, perform, work very, very hard. And that gives us a chance to put on a performance that we did in the first half and gives us a chance to go and win games.
0: Stu, you're the man um, speaking to Kieran post-match, so it's right that I come to you. What what was your your take on that? Because some of the words you used, false kindness, trick and trap, they're fairly emotional, emotive words. What was your take on it all?
1: Yeah, emotional, emotive words, um, but ones that have clearly very carefully been thought about. To, To paint a picture of how that press conference started, Kieran McKenna came in and as he was taking his seat, uh, the club press officer was showing him something on his phone Um, to which obviously a group of journalists say, what, what are you looking at there, Kieran? Are you looking back at one of the goals? I assumed he might have been looking at some of the penalty incidents, um, perhaps how the third goal went in. I don't know. And he just said, no, just looking at some quotes with a bit of a wry smile. And we sort of went, all right, who, who's that then? he said, oh, just just something inspirational. Gandhi, I think, with, <laughs> you know, with a with a, um bit of a glint in his eye and very clearly it became apparent as as that as that clip shows that you know notice how he never mentions danny cowley by Mm. name in there but um he enjoyed that win he's uh you could see those pictures that we just flashed up while he was talking that was a more animated kieran mckenna at full time um and I think that that off-field rivalry of Portsmouth, I think, has has needled a few. I think that, that fist pump and McKenna looking up is probably towards the direction of Mark Ashton in the press box. I'm I'm sure. I think we go back to that first ever fans forum that Ipswich did, and that was all centered around the checkbook FC comments of of Portsmouth. We've had Michael Jacobs saga, we've had so many things go on with, with Ipswich and Portsmouth off the pitch we've now had some on the field rivalry sort of in, injected into it um I just think it's great from Kieran McKenna he, he did it so intelligently and so articulately and he's someone that's clearly thought those through creating mm. a bit of a siege me- if you can create a siege mentality around a successful team that's really impressive and there's, I, I don't think there's any coincidence that he has watched Ferguson throughout the years at, at Manchester United how you know Ferguson managed to make you know Fergie time and that siege mentality around a Manchester United team that was successful year after year and he's learned directly from one of the best in Jose Mourinho as well in terms of mind games um for a young manager in his first ever senior job to be sort of hitting that level of mind games I think is is really really impressive and and to me that just just put the icing on the cake of a, a really, really satisfying day for Ipswich. Do you know what I loved about it as well? Aside from, you know, the way he articulated it, was that when he
0: he, he kind of, he dropped in there, didn't he? If you look at the, the championship appearances between the two sides, uh, without saying fact, this is what is, you know, the way it, it shakes down. He knew <laughs> how it shook down. So someone somewhere has actually done that and he, he's seen it and he knows that there is a, you know, Pompey have an advantage in that department actually aside from the the kind of emotion of it is he right
3: do you like, agree under, with what he said yeah, yeah completely i completely agree with what he said um I, it's all pointed at danny cowley um mm. <laughs> that but but he's not the only one that would reference Ipswich's which budget they've got any i'm we don't know. I'm not going to pretend to know exactly where Ipswich's budget is within this league, or or how much it is. I'm not. I'm not going to pretend to know those figures. But I feel sure it's a very good budget for the league. But even if it is a very good budget for the league, it, that doesn't buy you doesn't buy you anything. Um, and and if if people fall into the trap of thinking that it should be a a walk for this Ipswich team that it's really dangerous we've seen it we don't we don't need to be told that we've seen that in the last 3 years how dangerous that can that can be it's got to, it's got to be focused it's and it's got to be it's got to be driven and and internal as well not allowing outside factors to get in and, and and influence things and i think they're good at it i think they're good at doing that but this game maybe took that a little bit further and it needed to be not just for Kieran not just for the group of players and not just for the fans, everybody at the club, inside and out of it. Just a reminder of how tough this is going to be from this point onwards and that how how much they need to focus on what what they're doing themselves. Um the thing I like about it most is just how all in I think here in McKenna is on getting Ipswich Town up to the championship and then even further. Um, mm. we've obviously had some some conversations on here very very briefly, really, in in passing about Brighton and, and would that appeal? Would the Championship appeal for him right now? I I don't think it would within reason. I I I think he's come to a club where he's found a really good environment for a first job in management, a really good fit. Yes, it's a well, it's a club with means as well, as uh, as well, but it's well financed. But it's a club that's a really good fit for him and and it's going to give him a really good chance of moving his career forward and hopefully it, him and Ipswich go forward together. But I think that was just a reinforcement of, of him being all in on, on this club. And um, and that that's exactly what you want from, from your manager. Hot
0: take, Kieran McKenna will be linked with a Watford job before the end of the season. <laughs> um, it was, he was
1: the last time it was free about <laughs> 10 days ago, wasn't he? So... <laughs> um, Billich,
0: yeah, will be out before Christmas. Then McKenna, uh, McKenna will be. Uh, Bright,
1: Brighton had gave me a little wobble when, Bright, when Brighton became yeah. available because, but but Watford, no chance. But Kira <laughs> McKenna, when Bakir McKenna talks about very very carefully picking his first yeah. job and a project and everything, Wat, Watford couldn't be further from that. <laughs> um, that's a Who on earth takes there. those
3: jobs? Who you have to be like? Uh, Billich is mate. Uh, you have to be some You have to be like really bullish about what you can do to, or, or desperate to take a job there, don't you? It's, it's well, I mean, Billy
0: seems to be the sort of character that would appeal to because he he was yeah. back to himself, and uh, he's a bit of a he's a bit of a maverick himself, isn't it? But um, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> wow. Anyway, um, Roscoe, as by way of drawing a line under this game, you spoke to the fans afterwards. Obviously, go back and watch it if you've not game day. What was the mood like? I'd imagine fairly uh jubilant
2: yeah many fist pumps many hugs kisses Uh oh, no not that far we're not, we're not that close but um no a lot of happy faces um I'm sure a lot of um, very happy pubs in the town center as well I'm sure a lot of town fans continue their night uh, enjoying um, but yeah just a lot of happy faces because we finally won a big game of statement win um because yeah we we're thinking is this ever gonna happen? Uh, no, Kieran McKenna and co-delivered a very inter- entertaining game of football. And um, yeah, hopefully they can continue this momentum going into some winnable games, you know, this month. So,
1: yeah, a lot of happy faces and a lot of um, good chat. I think football's a lot about belief and having reference points, isn't it? Both for the crowd and the players. And so next mm. time a scenario like this unfolds, I think now that you, you can then go back to that reference point and go, OK, we've been here before and we came through it. So I think you know if that happens again in a game, I just think it's really important to have those kind of fairly modern reference points, both for players and and the crowd to be able to call upon, and that that's why Saturday was huge. I think a, actually, sorry. So just to start this team writing a, you can tell me a making a,
3: tell me about the good point that I made in a minute if you want. Don't don't forget that. No, um, I won't now. Is, 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 this is about. This team going back to what we talked about earlier. This team writing their own narrative now, and a start of starting to leave all that baggage behind. Mm. Because it is it is in the past. We all feel differently about this team to be, than we do to Paul Lambert's teams and the start of Paul Cook's teams. We all do. Um, so may, maybe we can start to leave a lot of that stuff in the past and just go off what we're seeing from this team and the positive things that this team are, are starting to show show us they can do.
0: As I was saying, Hutch, I think you made a fairly average point uh, on the last show um, when you said about belief and, and how you feel going into games and how that feels different. Going into games like this now, you feel like they can win them, which was not the case before. And now they've actually won one of them. That perpetuates that feeling, doesn't it, going forward? Mm. So more of that, please. Right then, let's draw a line under that game. This is there anything else to mention, boys? Any other business on town slaying Pompey? Excellent. Whenever
3: you whenever you say anything else to mention, I always want to go just money's too tight to mention. And I always <laughs> I, I always want to say it. And that's the first time that I have, and probably probably the probably the last. Then we can have a little sing song.
0: Um a couple of things we should mention before we get on to what's coming next, obviously Cambridge tomorrow night. Things have happened since we last spoke. I guess in terms of news, injury news, again, the injury bug biting, Gassana had me now, the latest defeat to to, to suffer a fracture to a bone um Roscoe you saw him hobbling around the the Playford Road pitch didn't you last Friday at the uh, the under 21s in a, in a cast or in one of those kind of air boot things um he's going to be out for a little while now so now we've got hadmay aluko lee kamara all out burgess burgess out for a fairly lengthy period of time how do you feel about that boys hadmay as an injury stew how much of a blow is that I know we've barely seen him, but clearly yeah, you can't who, put it on the yes. same level
1: yeah. as as Aluko and Burgess and people that were contributing yeah. to the team and, and Lee because because he's just come here and yeah, he we haven't really seen him thus far. But I suppose it's yeah. it narrows your forward options down that little bit. The fact that John Jules has started to play there a little bit more means I think before we were talking about it being just Jackson and Ladapo, but John Jules now is firmly kind of part of that number nine rotation. Um, it's disappointing, but I don't think we can put it in the same sort of uh, sort of significant blow category as some of the others.
3: Bigger blow to him than it is to the team, I would, yeah. I, I would say. Real shame for him because he, he came in such good form, didn't he? And then then it, that that's going to be a distant memory by the time we see him again. Just why you mentioned that, um, seeing him at the under-21s, Rossi, you, you
0: saw a fairly remarkable under-21s game. It was 1-0, but Town missed two penalties. <laughs> Uh, before scoring the winner again from the penalty spot in the 90th minute or wherever it was. Um, what, what was that like? Who stood out as well?
2: Um, yeah, Tawanda Twaywa missed two penalties, um, pretty much the same penalty. He tried to do a Pianca, the first one, but it's just like, no, just g- give it to someone else. And thankfully, Edwin Abaje, I hope I said that right, he, of course, stepped up for the third one and scored. But I have a feeling Tawanda may not be on penalty duty going forward for a while because uh, you yeah, know to miss two in the same game is not good going um but he stood out to be fair though to wonder he's a good player i know you boys you've seen him in action a few times mm. as well um but yeah he's, a, he's another player who just loves the ball and he's just he just he's just a step above playing that football and you know maybe a lone spell is what he needs in in the, in, in the long term and edwin Abaje, of course scoring that penalty he's another person who really you know, st- you, know st- you know stands out every time i watch him play he's a He's a flying full-back and um, wing-back um, in this day this day and age. Um, but he's got all the attributes. He's a big boy. And um, I just want to give a shout-out to um, Alfie Cupbush. Alfie he only played 45 minutes, but he's been out injured for 14 months. So it's good to see a young, young lad. You know, it's a long time to be out. So, um, yeah, good to see you back in action. Superb. Right then, boys. Cambridge. Every Town have just won a big game.
0: Now they've got to back it up by winning a game they should win. They should be expected to win at home tomorrow night, back-to-back home games again. Cambridge United 10th in the league, but generally speaking, although they've been pretty impressive so far, whenever they've played a top side, as they did at the weekend, they lose. They lost 2-0 at home to Derby in Paul Warren's first game on Saturday. They've been they've been hushed by Pompey, 4-1. I think they lost to Pompey. They've lost 3-0 at home to Barnsley. So when they come up against the cream of the crop, it seems like they do tend to come undone, at least so far. Stewie, Cambridge United, how are you feeling about this one?
1: Well, we talked about improvements on last season. Let me take you back to when Ipswich lost 1 0 at home to, to Cambridge, I think, in, in April time. Mm. If you remember that came off the back of a similarly giddy home win against Plymouth. Um, when we were talking about big wins, it's probably remiss of us not, not to mention that one when Ipswich beat Plymouth 1 0. That was a really good day. Paul Mariner day, everything that went with it and expectations were high going into the subsequent home game against Cambridge. And, and they fell flat in front of a big crowd. I think about 26,000 that day. I remember speaking to Genoa Danassian before the game. And and the, the quote was, you know, someone's going to get a big beating off of us soon. We're going to do a four or a five nil soon. And that was the mood going into that, that Cambridge game. You know, we cracked a big game and and now, mm. we, you know, now here we go. And, um and it fell horribly flat. Um, just a bit, a bit deep, a bit passive, very sloppy. Cambridge scored from a set piece, and and then we saw the time time wasting narrative that we we'll, that we've discussed. So, um, another opportunity to show that Ipswich can now back up good results in the same way that consistency was an issue last year. They were never quite able to string wins together um, last season. They've started doing that. It's another opportunity to do that again. Um, tomorrow night and and if the, the thing that gives me hope and confidence that that will be the case is that in Kieran McKenna they've got someone who certainly makes sure everyone's feet stay on the ground you know almost immediately he starts talking about the next game after these wins I remember going into that Cambridge game he was the one that was saying let's not let's not underplay Cambridge here they're going to be coming to Portman Road uh, a motivated team. They're going to be a team that that play with energy. They're aggressive. They get balls into the box. They get bodies around Ironside mm. up front, who who ultimately mm. did cause Ipswich problems. Bless you, <laughs> bless you, Andy Warren. Just hit mute in time.
3: I tried to do that so quiet. You've outed my sneeze. That was a
1: crazy sneeze as well. That would have been awful listening. Continue. <laughs> so yeah, it's um. For different reasons, this is this is a big game. Can they back up a big win and, and go again? I, I always love these sort of um, home double headers when they play Saturday, Tuesday. I, I wrote a piece that um, going into when this game was originally due to be played and um, before the Queen's death and the, and the game was postponed about the power of these home double headers. And I, mm. I always, always think back to that playoff season, under Mick McCarthy, and I think it happened two or three times quite early on in, in the season. I think Wolves and Watford, can't remember which way round that was, but they beat both of those. And those are moments, I think, if you can win in front of your own fans twice within the space of four days, momentum is very, very powerful uh, in sport. And, and this, is, this is an opportunity to do that.
0: Before we go on to million-pound picks and stuff, I want to come to you, Rossi, because you had Cambridge as your dark horse this season. You, you sung the praises of Mark Bonner, who was involved in a little bit of uh, going to Rotherham chat last week before he came out and said, no, nah, I'm staying here. He did actually speak to Rotherham. So uh, that was definitely something that could have happened. Uh, it's not happening. He's staying at Cambridge. How are you feeling about this one?
2: Um, I think it's going to be a professional performance, I think. I think town. Yeah, I think they need to back up the win on Saturday, you know, get back-to-back home wins. Um, Cambridge, are, they're falling a bit now, though. Mm. They've had, you know, the last five games, three defeats they lost on the weekend against Derby. So they've had a bit of a shaky start, um, shaky recent, recent form, not start, they had a good start to the season because they were in the top six for a, for a period. Um, but yeah, we just need to, that's another box we need to tick, beating a team that we didn't beat last year. You know, we, we couldn't beat them, you know, twice. Um, so... Yeah, Mark, I, I like I like Cambridge as a team in terms of Mark Bonner and the you know project that he's built there. Um, you know, a lot of talking points going to this game. Jack Lancaster, of course, plays for them. Paul dig, big diggers. Um, but yeah, we just need to show what we've how we've improved and beating a team like Cambridge that like we didn't beat last year. And it will be a and have a great night under lights because I do love an under lights, don't you? You love an under lights at Porn Road.
0: Mm, yeah, I'd imagine it'd be another big crowd tomorrow night. Great occasion, real chance to power pack two back to back games. Hutchie, before we get on to the game itself we need to we need to address million pound picks don't we from the weekend um are we the big question i guess is are we are we counting the pompey player confronting a fan is that does that we is that a flashpoint it's up to you up to you you're the flash mob i haven't um, i haven't seen it
3: so i'd need i, need I, I would say I need... no no it's not it's not in the spirit of what i was trying to trying to get at i think um i think a, a loss all round 300 grand blown up the wall on on Ross and his driving theory test. That was misguided cash, won't be doing that again. And um, no, no touchline flashpoint, although there was more of a, a media room, press conference room flashpoint. Um, and Morsi neither scored nor was booked. So, uh, shambles all round, really.
0: Can we just reflect on what a blinder Heath bookmakers played last week? Tempting you with huge odds on Roscoe into a into a massive splurge which then paid off grandly for me and then you you went to bits then you lost your head um and no one actually did lose their head on saturday which meant you lost more money so yeah what, what's the pot at the moment
3: we're still at a very you've clawed some back there but it's still at a very healthy 1.45 million uh, 2.45 million wow sorry. Two, so, two, wow okay yeah well, how, so you're, st- you're still struggling mate uh, i am i am Get those kids out of private school. Going to be, <laughs> you're, going to be, you're, you're struggling.
0: Uh, how are you feeling about this one then, Hachi? In terms of the team, I guess we have to have a chat around the team. Is there anything you'd you change in this one? Is this now time we to, to see Richard Keogh, do you reckon, off the back of a, a Saturday game? Ladapo's got to start up top, surely. The,
3: if it, I, I, look, Kieran, I, I don't know if Kieran McKenna is a, a go-again kind of guy. It's, mm. I, I feel sure there might be something, but I think I would probably go with what started that the game on Saturday, but with Ladapo up front, that's, that's why, that's what I'd be doing. There's, there's obviously others you can think about. I'd, uh, Edwards for harness would be a thought, um, but actually I, I want my goal scorer on the pitch. He's, so I, I would be keeping this simple Ladapo for, for John Jules and um, just back it up. I think the lads covered everything over this game. Super. Right then. What do you reckon is going to happen? Keeping it simple this time. Um, Win to nil clean sheet victory um 250 thousand pounds
0: winter nil clean sheet victory
3: uh I'll give you uh, I'll give you uh, give you four to one on that one hundred thousand pounds one change my, I'll change my state <laughs> okay yeah is that it yep yeah, that's all I'm doing keeping it simple back it up let you let you what you really think do the talking. It's not the time for, not the time for flourish.
0: Okay. So you think town are going to win two now? What do you think the score is going to be?
3: Two to nil.
0: Two nil. Stewie, your thoughts on anything around the team and then a, a prediction.
1: You're on mute, mate. You're on mute, mate. Get it Sorry. off. <laughs> I, I would echo Andy's thoughts on, on the team. Um, and probably on the result as well, to be quite honest with you. Um, I wanna see that clean sheet. As much as fun as the sort of the this trilogy against the, the teams has been, and there's been loads of goals going in at either end, I wanna see Ipswich town getting back to possession, control, um win the game. I think um might be one one nil for a for a long time and then and then maybe add a second late on um two nil. On that note,
0: obviously we are used to Kieran which town team's not conceding many goals, keeping clean sheets. They've now conceded 2-1 and 2 in the last three games. Is that of, of any concern? I know they largely kept Portsmouth at Bay at the weekend and the, both goals were penalties, but they are conceding goals.
3: Not hugely for me, if I'm honest. It, it's not a massive concern that, that those games were against the best teams in the league. You, they're not going to have these games all their own way. Remember, it was mm. at Hillsborough, at Home Park, at Portman Road, they've limited a previously unbeaten team to very, very little. It's not a massive,
1: not a massive concern for me. No, two shots from outside the box at Plymouth, two penalties against Portsmouth. Sheffield Wednesday when they had nothing to lose and chuck the kitchen sink at them late on. Um, yeah, I don't think it's something that we need to be ringing huge alarm bells about at the moment. But it, w- it would be nice to get back to a, a clean sheet tomorrow night. Two 0 two 0 we'll Rossi, what are you saying? Being boring
2: as well, I've gone for 2 0. Sorry, that's all right. Yeah, how do you see
0: it shaking out? Who's going to score, Rossi?
2: Ledapo, big Fred. Um, he's going to score again, three and three. The last three games for him, I want to see a defender score. So, Wolfie, Gin- yeah, huh.
3: um,
2: although weren't the bet is like will you score before me passing my theory test/slash drone test? So, uh mm-hmm. But no, it'd be nice to see Janoi score. You know, I think that I think that will be one of the best moments of the season to see Genoa and score.
1: Um so go Edmund- Edmondson got his um got his head on quite a few corners, didn't he, yeah. at the weekend. I would say out of all the defenders, he'd be the one that I would say is most likely just going on Saturdays game. Either Lee him David. or Walton. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right then, friends. Um so we all think they're gonna win. I think I said three one in my uh, predictions bit I did a while ago, obviously the game then got postponed um so we all think they're going to win hopefully we're all correct we usually are um <laughs> stewie what did you make of your colleague andy warren's launch of the milker cup you weren't around on the, on thursday that eventful podcast we launched a new european competition there was music i don't know how much you've listened to there was a, they've already got a theme tune the final venue is secure the logo's in we've got the teams we've done the primary round draw what did you make of it
1: uh i'm all in as soon as andy texted me to say he'd gone deep on this he'd gone too deep said you can you can never go too deep commit to it make it a labor of love um i we now need to kind of see this through it needs to be played out fictionally somehow can we get some representatives from journalists who cover these clubs can we get Given some of the smaller clubs, we can probably get their manager on the podcast <laughs> and, um, I don't know, play some sort of quiz that determines who wins out of Ipswich and the opposition. Um, let's not just leave it where it is now. This is just the start.
0: Oh, it's happening. Hutchie's got a plan as to how it's going to play out. But a lot of people, a lot of people, Hutchie, I must say, absolutely loving it. And, and various questions about can we sim it on Football Manager, that kind of stuff. Is that is that possible? I mean, can you
3: reveal anything in terms of how it's going to play out? I've got a formula, a formula, and I'm going to write it on my window at some point. Um, <laughs> just leave it with me. It's going to be played out. The inner workings you don't need to know about. Okay. Why are you writing
1: but... it on your window? Out of interest.
3: It's what Mark Zuckerberg did when he launched Facebook. Ah, okay. Sorry, I, I missed think... that reference. Yeah, being a nerd, and I. Um, but yeah, don't leave it with me. I'll um. I'll let you know what's going on in the milker. Um there's gonna be a slight theme music change, by the way. Um copyright. Some yeah, turned out I bought a license, all it was bought a license for the music off the lads. Uh fine for podcasting, not fine for YouTube. So oh, I no. I don't I I'll be honest, I'd forgotten that this goes on YouTube when I was when I was detailing most of that. Um so I've sorted something else instead. Don't worry.
0: A surprising amount of people like to watch this as opposed to just mm. listening to it so uh there we go so if you went back and listened to last thursday's pod now is that when you start playing the theme the theme music without telling me and i
3: got quite excited
0: does that just now silence no 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 it's, no, it's, no, still, it's still there it's fine. Okay. it's
3: fine it's fine for it, like and it would be fine to carry on just on the audio but it it costs a costs a lot of money to use that on youtube regularly so uh I've which we are going to be some, doing so I've sourced something more, uh, more original. Shady well, YouTube this... figures. I've been in touch. Got <laughs>
0: mm. all this bu- bureaucracy, Hutchie, and things you've got to. Uh, I've got to do.
3: I mean, the guys behind European that music will be. They'll be. They'll be kicking themselves when they realise that it could that that their music could. Have, but but well, the, for... the new
1: Champions League anthem could have been bigger exactly. than that. Probably it
3: could, could be. Um, I've got something else that's that's got kind of shades of the Champions League tour, but with a bit more of a. Bit more bit more
1: bass to it that I'll uh, I'll play to you another time. Are you gonna provide some vocals to this? Like the Champions um, League one, given your your voice of a generation. I have yeah, I've yeah, that's already recorded. <laughs> <laughs> Mark's gone. Mark's gone. Shall we just finish this without him? Yeah. Ross, can you talk about Manscaped?
2: Yeah, 20% off, free delivery, Um, all you need for your crown jewels and all that, um, manscaped.com. That would be nice. Perfect.
3: Use the code KOA for 20% off and free free delivery. Um, That's important part. Right. I don't know how we do this without Mark. Completely
2: rudderless now, aren't we? Um, Socials, Kings of Anglia, all that jazz. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Review,
2: five star, five star.
1: Yeah. Shambolic. vote for us in awards they're important um i'll ask you both if there's any other business no other business no other business, no other business. uh mark Keith has just texted the group chat now let's see what he says <laughs> wi-fi crashed can't get back in see you next week